He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you as always. And fellas, we have a massive show today, and we're only talking about the PGA Tour merging with Liv. But before we get to that, I do want to let you know to stay tuned for later in the show. If you're a golf fan on Twitter, I guarantee you know who this guy is. His name is Tom. You probably don't know his name, but we will be joined by at Flushing It Golf. Tom, the guy behind the scenes running that account, Flushing It Golf, will be on the 73rd Hole podcast later on in the show. But like I mentioned, fellas, we got to get right into it. The PGA Tour is merging with Live. T-Dub, what were your initial thoughts? I've been talking about it on the radio all day, so I'm ready to hear what you think about this whole situation. I was floored when I heard it. I talked to Taylor Gooch. I talked to you know a few other players about this this morning, and nobody knew a thing. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, we were just as shocked as they were, right, T-Dub? Oh, 100%. I, I got a feeling, guys, that we're going to look back on this in 20 years or so. And this is going to be a day, June 6, 2023, where golf officially changed forever. The news that broke today is, is and we don't even know even probably a 10% of the details that are going to unravel from all this. But so, for example, this morning, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see this post from about 30 seconds ago from CNBC saying the PGA Tour and Liv are merging. And I'm like, uh, is this a fake account that I'm following? Is, is it April Fool's Day? Like, what the hell is going on here? I was going around. There's no golf people talking about this. And then, sure enough, I go to CNBC on TV, and there it is. They're talking about it. And they got uh, Jay Monahan and the uh, P- uh, PIF investor, uh, Governor Sear on there. And I'm like, what in the world has transpired? It, it's, it, is my, it is the biggest earthquake that we've seen in golf in the last, I don't know how long, Woody, that, that it's been. And we'll, we'll dive into so many details later, but Woody, it's just the amount of chaos that has happened from this. And just, I don't know, I've got the golf channel on repeat here, and they're acting like that literally Armageddon has happened. It has been a glorious day. If you hate the mainstream golf media, it has been a glorious day for you. Boy, I agree with you there. I I, I got to be honest, T.W., I was on my tractor moving gravel when I got your text message. And I had to stop and look at it about three times. And I went, what? And then I Googled and pulled it up and started seeing everything that was going on. I think the saddest thing about this whole deal was how few of people knew what was going on. The PGA Tour is supposed to be an organization of the players, for the players, by the players. Yet none of them knew what was happening. I think that's what shocked me the most is how how many people it was, I don't know, four or five, maybe six tops kept this a secret because you guys they didn't call last night. Hey, by the way, let's merge. This had to be going on for a while and to keep this big a secret was the dangest thing I ever seen. But I will say this, T W you were right. We will look back on June sixth 
I used to look at June 6th as D-Day. I'm old. So I thought D-Day was June 6th. Well, this is kind of the D-Day for the PGA Tour, Live, and everybody else, because this will live for a long time. Not not a pun there, guys. It, this is going to be big for a lot of years. And what's going to happen? Golly, now we got shows after shows after shows just to figure out what's going to happen, right? I mean, I don't even know where to begin, guys. I do want to congratulate you two on not having a side in all of this. But like I said on Twitter earlier today, we just saw the hypocrisy that was going on, and we were one of the only golf media people out there that didn't have a financial interest in the success of the PGA Tour, right? And let's go back to the very beginning of all of this, T-Dub. Jay Monahan had the opportunity to partner with the PIF. This was before Liv ever even existed, and Yasir and all these guys with Saudi Arabia, and all those Saudi Arabian guys wanted was to control the fall series on the PGA Tour. Well, guess what? They couldn't agree on a money number and had nothing to do with politics. We only saw the brainwashing from the Golf Channel and all of that after the fact to try to deter people from enjoying the new live product. But way before that, they could have just accepted the deal with the fall series. And now Jay Monahan, after he said all the things about the 9-11 victims, we could go on and on about all the hypocrisy that has happened over the past year don't you think that jay monahan in the back of his head probably the front of his head too today is saying gosh i wish i just would have taken that deal in the first place and i wouldn't have been put in this position and now he's having to answer to yasir al rumai and teed up well it's very interesting because he got he's going to be the ceo of the the new uh for-profit entity that is going to transpire after all this. And uh, Governor Yusir is going to be the uh, the chairman of it. So based on that, you expect that he's going to have more power than Jay Monahan does. But along the same lines, here are the things that we know so far from this merger. Like I mentioned earlier, only about, I would be shocked if we even know 10% of, of what's going on. But so far, the biggest thing from this is that both the litigation stops. The lawsuits are done, which I don't think, I, I know for sure the PJ Tour didn't want their books open. And, and also to the, uh, the Saudis and PIF, they didn't want, their books open either because they're very uh, tight-knit on what they invest in as well. So, yeah, there was both sides wanted the litigation to end for sure. Uh, along those same lines, live players can reapply for membership on the uh, PGA and DP World Tour. That's not a not a shock there. It really should have never been a thing in the first place. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and Live are combining to uh, they're combining the com- their commercial operations to form this new collectively owned for-profit entity which in my opinion is probably going to be the, the biggest thing that's going to come from this because now you're going to be able to have stakeholders and shareholders in the biggest body and when it comes to professional golf. So that's going to be very interesting. Piff, the, the people that run the, the Saudi investment fund, they are going to make a capital investment in new and probably of upwards of, bil- of billions of dollars, I'd have to say, somewhere along those lines. The PGA Tour will still remain a 506 tax-exempt corporations so they'll probably be just a lower deal there there's a lot of uh, companies that have uh non-profit uh subsidiaries and things like that uh, on their books and then the pj tour will still retain their administrative oversight on the pj tour that's including the uh, sanctioning of events so they'll still probably schedule waste management and how they'll do the elevated events and the new schedule that was all supposed to change anyway so that's going to be very interesting how that plays out and then uh, Woody, the biggest thing that you mentioned earlier is that how the hell Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy can't know what is going on and some decisions got made 
just absolutely blows my mind. But but Willie, just off the short things we know, what what out of all that was uh, is really striking to you? And Woody, by the way, before you answer that, I know that you were wondering about this earlier. It came out after the players' meeting that I guess it took seven weeks for this merger to happen. So they kept it a secret for seven weeks. Wow, you know that that guys that impresses me more than anything. And in today's world we live in, with all the the weasels that are out there, that with the internet, everything out there for them to keep that a secret for seven weeks is just mind boggling to me. But I guess when we look back at this, and we will look back at it countless times, I think Sam, you hit it best. The look you in the face and lie to you over and over and over again. If I'm a PGA Tour player and I've been told over and over and over again, we are not going to deal with this. We'll run them out of town. We are solid. We are, we are, we're going to be the leader in golf. We're going to take this stand of the Saudis are evil people. Yada, yada, yada. We've heard this over and over again. And, and Sam, you're on Twitter, so they've lambasted you. God love you. I, I said to you guys earlier today, we're going to need to make sure we take the high road and we don't gloat because all three of us have been saying all along, this is, this is wrong. This is everything they're doing is wrong. We got to learn to live together. We got to get these tours together. If we can't, we're going to just ruin golf. So it's easy to gloat right now, but I don't want to because I don't know what we still have, guys. I I, I think it's going to be good for golf, but there's times I worry, too, that this, this could blow up in so many different ways. So am I excited that this happened today? Yeah, I am, but I'm a little tainted. I'm a little worried still, but I am glad that finally – I guess more than anything, the spotlight came out and Jay Monahan and all the golf camera and all these lowlifes that have been bashing and bashing. There's a lot of crow being eaten. And then I'd kind of like to be like Donald Trump in a way, and I'd like to drain the swamp. How about we <laughs> fire everybody at the golf channel and fire everybody at the PGA Tour office and start over? seriously look at doing that i really would guys now that's kind of mean that that well i just said i wasn't going to gloat but i'd love at least fire brandle shambly fire that, that worthless sack of garbage <laughs> that's the number one thing that i <laughs> took out of today was that phil mickelson was vindicated today remember a year ago at the oh. PGA Championship, he couldn't even oh, show up because they yeah. ridiculed him and drug him through the mud so much on the Golf Channel and Brandel Chambly specifically. They drug Phil Mickelson's name through the mud. And then, you know, a year later, the commissioner of the PGA Tour comes out and the PGA Tour players find out on Twitter that they just took that same money. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm, almost it's a joke, Sam. It's an absolute yeah, joke. Yeah, 
You almost wouldn't believe it if we weren't watching this guy but we in were, living color. We were watching it happen in real time in the fact that we saw when the PGA Tour was making all these moves to elevated events. We saw the Honda pissed off because they weren't elevated. We saw you know MasterCard pissed off because they were elevated and didn't sign up to pay those massive purses. We saw, guys, that the PGA Tour was not sustainable and that live even without sponsorships, they just have so much money in that PIF that they were sustainable for the next decade without any sponsorships. And guess what? The PGA Tour had to fold like a lawn chair and give live and Yasir Al-Rumayan all the power. And yes, I'm very happy that Brandel Chambly has to eat all that crow. But I am pissed off and sick to my stomach, guys, for guys like a Will Zalatoris or a guy like Hideki Matsuyama who missed out on hundreds of millions of dollars because Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour lied to them about the sustainability of the PGA Tour. If I'm Hideki, I am fuming mad at not live, I'm not mad at live because Phil Mickelson did exactly what he set out to do, get guaranteed money for guys on the PGA Tour and get these guys compensated. And we finally see that Phil was right in all of this. But if I'm a decky, I am fuming mad at Jay Monahan in the PGA Tour, right? Oh, you have to be so pissed off that it's unbelievable. The rumor for Hideki was what, $400 million? You had You had John Rahm rumored at $300 million. Will Zalatoris was, what, in the 150, 130, something like that? And then, like, even, like, Roy McIlroy was half a million, and then Tiger, we all know that was almost a billion dollars. It's just – and I wouldn't expect those guys to go anyway, but at the same time, there has to be some sort of ramifications for – it sucks that the guy, for the guys who remain loyal to the PGA Tour, it sucks so bad for them. And what's funny is that the mainstream media, they've been talking about, oh, well, the live guys are just going to have their cake and eat it too. They're going to be able to cash out and – and be able to come back and play, well, good for them. But on the opposite side of that, Woody, as a former tour player, you know, I, I don't understand how you could be put in a situation like this where you missed out on nine figures worth of income, and then a year later, even less than a year later for some of these people, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take that same money exactly like we told you not to. I'd be so irritated. I mean, I, I, I know they were. I mean, I've been reading a little bit of what happened in that meeting in Toronto, you know, at the Canadian Open, and, and a lot of them want Jay Monahan's head, which I'm not surprised at. They should. Guys, I, I used to play poker when I was a younger man, and one of the dumbest things I ever did is I used to play with a guy that was worth millions of dollars, okay? That is the worst thing you can do in poker because if you don't have the money, it's hard to bluff. You know right. what the PGA Tour has been doing for a year and a half? They've been bluffing. Okay? Well, the Saudis, that's like the millionaire I used to play poker against. <laughs> they got all the money in the world. <laughs> they got more money than anybody. They're looking at the PGA Tour going, hey, you're bluffing. You know, we know you're bluffing. You don't have any money. And so guess what? We're going to pull you through the mud until you just say uncle. Well, guess what happened today? Uncle. <laughs> They just flat got their hand caught in the cookie jar, lying to everybody. So, like I said, here's the deal, guys. If heads don't roll, I'm telling you, if heads don't roll through the media, through the PGA Tour office, and everywhere involved in the PGA as we know it right now, 
that's wrong. The head should roll. People should be fired over this cluster that has been going on for a year and a half. Yeah, and the PGA Tour players have no one to blame but Jay Monahan. I mean, we've heard PGA Tour players come out today and literally say such things, right? I mean, Jay Monahan coming out today saying that the merger with Liv is great for golf after everything that Jay Monahan has said, comparing, literally comparing Liv to terrorists with 9-11. Can you believe that this is the same tournament as last year? Remember last year at the RBC Canadian Open when the, the whole tune of the tournament was that Liv is not a threat. And if those guys went to Liv, they're already, you know, just taking money from the bad guys. And at this very tournament this year, just a year later, they're taking the same money. That's what I've been trying to preach the entire time, T-Dub, is that this was never about politics whatsoever. It's always been about the money. And yes, those guys get to have their cake and eat it too because they did what was right. They did what was best for them, just like Rory McIlroy was doing the whole time. That's why I don't feel bad for Rory McIlroy, because him and Tiger were getting guaranteed money in the TGL, and those guys were getting guaranteed money too. So Phil Mickelson, whether you love him or hate him, and Greg Norman and Liv as a whole, all of those guys that went to Liv put massive amounts of money into players' hands and took it out of the executives' hands. And at the end of the day, guys, we get this amazing quote from Jay Monahan saying that I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. Anytime that I said anything, I said it with the information I had in the moment. Jay Monahan, T-Dub, is now calling himself a hypocrite. He is a hypocrite. I, I, he, at least he can call it like he sees it, so I at least respect him for that. And I just hope that people who consume golf media can understand that whenever they hear something, you maybe think twice about exactly where it's coming from. This is the same man last year who, as you mentioned, with Jim Nance in the booth at the RBC Canadian Open, they replayed it how many ever times on the Golf Channel today? Just talking about how bad the Saudis were, how bad it was for the 9-11 victims. And here, a year later, we're going to go ahead and pocket from him. And just to put, Woody, to put in perspective how bad Monaghan's leadership has been, at least the players think that it is, a player in the players' meeting called for new leadership, and he got a standing effing ovation, Woody, a standing ovation for new leadership. Are you shitting me? Well, why wouldn't he? I mean, look at our day-to-day lives, guys. We've talked about this on the podcast a number of times. It's not just the PGA Tour. It's the whole world we live in. I mean, uh, people just get up in front of you and lie and lie and hypocrite right and left. And then when they finally get busted, they immediately go the other way. Well, because what else can they do? Okay. Either that or they walk away in general. They just don't answer any questions when they finally get busted. So I think, guys, I, Sam and I talked about this today, T-Dub. I still say these first two majors were big. They were a big thing because not only did Kepka win the PGA, look at how well those guys played. There was, you know, Phil finishing second. There was a number of them finished in the top ten. So I think what happened with that is we started to realize, uh uh-oh, you know, if I'm CBS or NBC or any of these people televising golf, 
and I'm supposed to have the best players on my network. Well, how are these guys winning the golf tournament? When Kepka won that PGA, guys, that was really, I don't know. I, I, I the, the, Obviously, Sam, you said it's been going on for seven weeks, so the talks were already going before that. But I think that was one of the nails in the coffin, in my opinion. I really believe that. I agree with you. I do, But I do think that the main reason people ask why now, why are they merging right now, the, the reason is is because they wanted to get the merger done and the deal done before they went into litigation in January, right? And so, obviously, the PGA Tour did not want those books, their books exposed to the public, right? It's going to make them look terrible yeah. that they were keeping hundreds right. of millions of dollars away from the guys that made the tour, the players, which is what Phil was ostracized oh, Phil. for saying in the first place, right, T-Dub? <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh uh, 100%. And that's the big thing here is that both sides, in particular the PJ Tour, they wanted this litigation to end so bad. And, and I have a feeling the PJ Tour probably knew they were going to lose the lawsuit as well. So that's And also, too, the fees that had accumulated. If the PJ Tour was struggling financially, then the last thing they want to do is keep paying lawyers for this lawsuit that's going to be ongoing, could take upwards of years' time to uh, to to make that to go through it. And so I don't know, Woody, it's just, to me, it's crazy that all throughout all this whole endeavor, everything that we've seen, that there are so many questions still unanswered. The fact that they, even though today they announced the deal, I feel like that the biggest thing was that they didn't know, or they, they feared that the, 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 excuse me, they feared that the deal would break, would break early, that someone was going to leak it. I feel and like so it did, me, right? I feel like, don't you feel like it yeah, did? That's a, I mean, CNBC, yeah, had that interview pre-recorded and I feel like the story did break early because that's why no players knew that that's why it was yeah so pretty informal as to what happened that that was it just came as such a shock out of nowhere and Woody just the fact that there's still so many questions it, to me it seems like that they don't even have the deal firmly in place yet they just have kind of the groundwork for it. and I know that they're extremely long ways away but they're still so many unanswered questions that there's going to be a lot of things that are going to have to transpire before we know exactly what is going to go, all go on here. For sure. I mean, Mark Rolfing was on today, and, and he runs that deal, the tournament champions out there in Kapalua, you know, in Maui. And he says, hey, we got a tournament in seven months, and we got no idea who's going to play in it. We have absolutely no idea. And so I could feel the frustration, not only that, because he works for the Golf Channel. I mean, he was frustrated that this deal came out. You know, guys, I knew this wasn't going to work out well for the PGA Tour because I had background from watching it before, and this was before you all were born, probably. It, it was in the early 90s. It was, well, late 80s, early 90s, and Carson Solheim had a club called Ping that everybody played Pings, especially at the golf courses. The amateurs loved it. Okay, the first clubs that were actually kind of turned down, so they went real far, but they had a square groove. Jack Nicholas saw Mark Kalkovecki hit a ball out of, out of the rough on the, in the Honda Classic. He was up in the booth, and the ball bit on the green. And Nicholas, I thought, was going to have a conniption fit. He went nuts that that golf ball could stop. And so he immediately went after the PGA Tour saying, you got to stop this Carson Solheim these square grooves. Well, guess what? PGA Tour banned the square groups. Carson Solheim sued him. You know what? Two years later, because of just what we've seen right here, Carson was digging into all sorts of things. 
the PGA Tour decided, well, we're going to call Uncle and quit. Now, the difference was Karsten Solheim didn't want to own the PGA Tour. He just wanted to keep selling his golf clubs. The Saudis, on the other hand, they want to own the PGA Tour. And guess what? They might not say they do right now. Everybody might say that Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour is still fine. I don't believe it. I'm telling you, what they call it, sport washing, whatever you want to call it, it's the guy with the biggest bucks is going to own it, and that's the Saudis. So, yeah, this is – we haven't even scratched surface guys on how this if i'm allowed to the shit is going to hit the fan over the next few months how this is all going to change we have no earthly idea yeah you bring up a lot of stuff right there woody you're talking about jack nicholas the same guy that last week we heard say that they have the best fields that they can possibly have of guys that are eligible let me remind people that the pga tour banned the live guys not the other way around i i don't think that they had the best field that they could possibly have maybe next year at the memorial there jack uh that just proves the hypocrisy that people even if you're jack nicholas a legend like that was just talking based on his own financial interests uh hey sam sam wait a minute sam didn't Nicholas also say that those live golfers don't exist? He also they're said that. That's even. a good point. He doesn't yeah. consider him yeah. part of the golf ecosystem. Yeah, it, that's yes, exactly what he said. Part of the golf ecosystem. <laughs> so how's he going to? How's he doing next year at the Memorial when the golf ecosystem of a Brooks Kepka, the PGA champion? I wish Kepka go Jack. I'm not going to play in your golf tournament because I'm not part of the golf ecosystem. <laughs> no, that's a Wouldn't great that point. Speaking great? of a guy that's not part of the golf ecosystem right now, uh, Taylor Gooch. I wonder what's going to happen with the old Taylor Gooch situation. He qualified for the U.S. Open, was in the top 30 of the FedEx Cup last year. Uh, then the USGA came out and said that since he went to live, he's not eligible. And the week before the U.S. Open, live merges with the PGA Tour. Can they really keep him out of this field, T-Dub? I, I think they're going to, as much as a big shame as it is. And this whole thing just adds the <laughs> massive gasoline to the fuel fire that is an absolute joke. It's so effing ridiculous. But what they're going to say is is that, oh, well, he it, you still have to be eligible for the Tour Championship. And he wasn't eligible at the time because he was suspended at the time of the Tour Championship. I guarantee that's what they'll say. And Woody, it, it, like I said, it's gasoline on the fire of, of the biggest effing joke that I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, uh, without a doubt. And I saw the other day, now, Sam, you said you talked to Taylor. I saw something on the internet where he looked like he was down in Mexico or he <laughs> yes, was at he a was. nice resort on a beach. <laughs> he was so, out there somewhere. And he's going, he, he was in that little blurb that says, Are you, what? Did I miss anything? I think is what he said. You know, yeah, yeah. what and, and <laughs> something so, like that. You know, that I guess. I guess when it gets right down to it, I think that will be the biggest story of this whole thing, guys. How all these players knew nothing, absolutely nothing. And may I remind you all, the PGA Tour players are who is supposed to be running the PGA Tour. They're in charge. They just had Jay Monahan as their commissioner. They're supposed to make what we call the big decisions as a group. Uh, They got left out of this one, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, and guys, speaking of the major championships, now – Assuming that the deal does go through as it's been reported, it means that 
Yasir Al-Rumayan will be the majority stakeholder in the PGA Tour. And if you hear any other reports other than that, it's simply not true because why would Yasir Al-Rumayan merge with the PGA Tour if he wasn't getting all the power along with that, right? Because they had all the leverage. He could have said, let's go to court and you guys are going to lose and all your books are going to be exposed. Or, you know, now we have the situation with just because the litigation T-Dub has stopped, it doesn't mean that the DOJ is stopping that investigation of collusion between the major championships and, uh, you know, the PGA Tour trying to keep these guys away from getting official world golf ranking points like Phil was talking about with the TV contracts. That's a totally different discussion. But my point is, is that now Yasir Al-Rumayan is going to have the final say in those board meetings if he is, you know, like it's been reported, the majority stakeholder. So clearly he has not only a trump card on Jay Monahan and Keith Pelly, who now answered to him, but he also has that trump card of saying, well, you guys are still under investigation by the DOJ. You better, you know, get your stuff together and let these guys have those official world golf ranking points and reciprocate those to those guys that went to live because they are now answering to the head of live, T-Dub. Can you believe this happened so quickly? The, the fastness of it is definitely what has been the one of the craziest things about this. And we, we're going to keep talking about all the different crazy storylines that are from this. But to me, as you mentioned earlier, the, the, the collaboration here from the PJDP and World or in Lifter to create this new for-profit entity, which is going to be essentially above, it's going to be a combination of all the tours. So essentially... That is going to be above the three tours. And, and from the way I was reading, it was like Live was going to be incorporated into the uh, the new entity, which, and then Jay Monahan had mentioned that by doing this, you eliminate a competitor. So I don't know if Live's going to be rebranded, if it's going to be something entirely different. Well, they're There's merging so many different- together. So they're becoming one. But just because they're eliminating a competitor as a as the PGA Tour eliminating Liv, it still doesn't mean that now, just because they're together, that means that now Yasir Al-Rumayan is Jay Monahan's boss. And, and Yasir is going to be in charge of the new for-profit entity, which is going to be what is going to run professional golf going forward. That's what is going to be a crazy thing. He's going to invest billions of dollars into it. And, and from what I've been reading, Piff is going to have the, the majority say in who gets to invest into this new into this new entity. So, Woody, I mean, you played on the PGA Tour for numerous years. I mean, how can you see this changing, this for-profit deal? We're going to see it so much easier now. I feel like to pay players, it's going to be, I feel like at a certain point, it's going to be kind of like the wild, wild west when we've seen with NIL at this point. I just feel like that money is just going to probably just start flying around just to see what, what can happen. Well, I would say that one time in my career, my lifetime, that I saw the biggest change was when Tiger Woods actually came to the PGA Tour. He drove money to levels that I didn't think was possible, okay? Well, this is going to be money on steroids. This is going to be really out of control, what it looks like to me. But that's why if I'm Rory and I'm Tiger and I'm Hideki and I'm Will Zalatoris and all those guys, yeah, I'm. I'm pissed right now. I'm irritated. But holy cow, guys, I think this this is going to get really crazy of what kind of money these guys are going to start playing for. I, I don't even want to guess. I don't have a clue. I really don't. But think about major corporations 
Well, you already heard Nike was talking about a billion dollars to buy that Kepka team. Think about all these major corporations now getting to invest in the PGA Tour. Oh, man. I, I don't even know, guys. I wish I was younger so I could really watch it all unfold. But I think it'll be – I still think I'll be alive when all this is done, I hope. No, it's a crazy situation, guys. And, you know, we've even heard, you know, certain people like a, a Dan Rappaport, who obviously has changed his tune over the year just to be, you know, more popular, right? Uh, he reported today that there still might be, you know, fines levied by the PGA Tour. But let me remind you uh, that in those live contracts, it says that live will pay for any of those, you know, fines levied by the PGA Tour, guys. So clearly... That's not going to happen to any live player trying to come back to the PGA Tour. You may hear on the Golf Channel, who's been lying to your face for all these weeks uh, and all year about this whole situation that, oh, it's going to be a tough road back to the PGA Tour for these live guys. No, it's not, because it's in their contract that they're you know, Liv is going to pay for all their fines, T-Dub. And so clearly, the thing that the Golf Channel probably won't tell you right now is that Yasir Al-Rumayan is in charge. No, I don't think for the live players it's going to be that hard at all because, as you mentioned, live will pay back the, the fines, whatever they are, and they're supposed to be on the DP World Tour as well. And I know that they were uh, handing out some pretty hefty fines out there. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely going to be in, in there. But no, I think that the, that for example, if a live player wants to come back and play Jack's Memorial Tournament next year, I don't feel like that with this merger. How are you going to be able to keep them out? That's, you can't. That's gonna be we're going to get all the best players together again. I'm not going to lie. I've enjoyed from a major perspective of that kind of being the time that you see all these players. It's kind of added a little bit of emphasis. So I don't know, Woody, I hope that we don't get a point to where as great as it's going to be for golf and in all, it's probably great viewership, but are we going to get to a situation where these elevated events are just going to be essentially major championship on steroids and majors are just going to be the same fields that we see every year with a smaller purse? Well, I wish I could have a crystal ball, guys. Boy, this is something I'd love to see. Where is this all going to go? Uh, what are we going to do with 54-hole events? What are you going to do with teams? What are you going to do with elevated events? What are you going to do with all the corn ferry? Uh, you know, the, the how many guys are going to be exempt? And how much are they going to play for every week? I could go on and on. We could do this all night long, guys. And But the crazy I mean, thing is, none of us know. That's the Stupidest thing about us, none of us know. And T Dub and Woody, I, I have I have more. Just just some more questions I have right here. How is this going to affect the uh, the ball rollback situation in the USGA? <laughs> how is this going to affect Tigers t- Tigers TGL deal? How's this going to how are world ranking points finally going to get into it? How are we going to see players who were loyal to the PGA Tour somehow be compensated by this new entity for them being loyal? Because it's absolutely ridiculous that they're going to. Miss out on it. And then you have, what is the 2024 schedule going to look like? Uh, how are, are is Liv going to have separate events? I mean, like I said, we have barely scratched the surface on this whole deal, Sam. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, Liv uh, is telling their people to just continue on as business as usual because there's no way they can figure this out. I don't know if they can even figure it out before January, guys. There's just so many levels to this. Um, as far as the schedule goes, you mentioned the schedule there for a second. The way I perceive that this will probably happen, if it, you know, considering it's a merger, you would think that the elevated events would stay the elevated events. 
Uh, maybe the John Deere Classic would turn into, you know, a, a live event where they, you know, put on the tournament just like Live has put on their tournaments, right? Uh, and ha- make it a little more fun, maybe a party hole at every Live event and stuff like that. Um, and then the, you know, the guys get together for the major championships. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the teams are going to be involved somehow. And that was in the report that the teams will, you know, be involved. And I, I don't know what's going to happen as far as the players, the captains holding equity in those teams. I mean, clearly that equity in those teams just went through the roof, right, guys? Uh, and now that, you know, there's, reports of the billion dollar sponsorships and things like that uh how many guys are we gonna have a draft of 75 players where you know everybody's gonna go to a different team and stuff like that uh i mean this could go on and on and on but that's it's at least as far as the schedule goes t-dub that's kind of how i foresee it happening and then guys can play in whatever tournaments they want to and i think that we've seen over the past year uh you know with Cam Smith winning a major. We've seen the live guys do well in majors. And finally, Brooks Kepka, you know, winning the PGA championship. I think there is something to be said for playing a smaller schedule. And I think that's something that the players are going to want going forward regardless. I mean, it's, it's, I'm extremely fascinated because the PGA Tour is already getting to a point to where they used to play like 50 weeks a year. Then starting this year, there was going to be the fall, the fall series for the guys who are outside of what would be the top 70. So, I mean, they were already changing their schedule so much. And to me, Woody, one of the biggest things that I'm questioning about this is with all the details that we have to come out, are they going to come out in one big flood? Are we just going to get all this figured out, let's say, in November or something like that? Or is it going to be kind of like what last year when players were going to live, where we're going to hear one thing this week, then we'll hear another thing last week. It'll be, I'm, I'm going to be very fascinated to see how the news on all these new endeavors comes out. T-Dub, I don't think there's any way that we can go cricket till November. Okay, <laughs> no. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to leak they're gonna have to leak out a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit because what we what good lord guys what we just had happen can you imagine we put a big bucket of candy and we got a bunch of little kids behind a rope and you say well you got to stay here till November then you go eat it all. No, that, that they'll bust the rope. They got to go in there and find some candy. So there's got to be something, right? You're, you can't do something this large, this big, monumental, and then go dead silent for a long period of time. It, no, I, it's got to, they're going to have to give out some information. And I think they will. I think it'll go slowly but surely. We'll get a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. And hopefully, hopefully, guys, by January 1, we got an idea what's going to happen in 2024. Because right now, holy cow, we got no clue right now. None of us do. Guys, another interesting thing that came out today was Augusta is totally on board with the merger. The Green Jackets, and this comes from Nuclear Golf, that says the Green Jackets support the merger. Quote, We are encouraged by this announcement, which represents a positive development in bringing harmony to men's professional golf. It's almost like everybody laid their swords down and want the unity of professional golf. And uh, it's almost like, you know, like we said earlier in the show that the PGA Tour did not want their books exposed. Let's get a deal done now. Live and Yasir Al-Rumayn get 
gets the power and then the major championships are going to have the best fields again and it's almost like T-Dub what I said at the start of the year is my bold prediction for the year that I thought there would be a merger because eventually common sense prevails and I think in this situation common sense actually prevailed for one time in the past two years in men's professional golf T-Dub. I mean, it was a hell of a bold prediction. There's literally zero doubt about that. That was uh, going out on a limb, and you got the golden apple at the end of it. So congratulations there. I was a big proponent of I didn't feel like the two tours needed to merge, and I felt like they could have survived uh, by themselves. But apparently that, that was not the case at all because the, the merger would not have happened if that was not the case. And you mentioned the governing bodies earlier, Sam, and unless I missed one of them, I feel like all of the governing bodies seem to really like this merger, which – I feel like it's kind of interesting with everything that's happened, but it definitely makes their job, it's going to make their job easier, right? Because they've been asked for a, a calendar year now about the division. And are you going to let live players in? How are you going to do it with the world rankings? All these different things. And, you know, Woody, along those same lines, this is one thing I'm worried about with the news breaking right now. I know for 100% fact this is going to trump all the outside news when it comes to next week at the U.S. Open. And it's probably going to carry over into the British Open and next month. So I really hope that even as groundbreaking as, as this is, that I don't have to listen to every single press conference and every single question that a player gets asked during a major championship is about this topic. I hope not either. And, and if, if they could keep it as quiet as they did before they broke the news, we don't have to beat this drum. Now we know it's done, okay? We know they've merged, okay? So let's, let's let this thing die and let, let the information come out as we go because we still got golf tournaments every week, guys. We got, you know, two more majors, like you said, T-Dub. We got a lot of big golf events coming up. How about Ryder Cup? <laughs> you know, we had oh, 100%. That. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Did so, we, I didn't even so, think about talking about that, Woody, with Henrik well, Stenson and all I'm of sorry. that. That's what I mean. The Europeans will be, be, be captains again. So, hey, I, I, and you know, this is what is so asinine about all this. All these guys got ripped. I mean, ripped, lost captain seats, like you just said, T Dub. Had their names drugged through the mud, were called everything but a terrorist, okay? And then it's like, okay, we we're just kidding. Everybody, uh, Kumbaya, let's all be friends again. I, I, let me tell you something, boys. I'd have a burr up my ass that would be huge. I'd have a real tough time going, yeah, it's all right. You called me everything but an MF. Uh, but I'm good with it. Okay, you know uh, those feelings. Are, Although I will say, Woody, all right now. I will say this: and maybe, maybe with not with Rory McIlroy or those guys that have been really outspoken, but I feel like the majority of PGA Tour players didn't have a problem with with what the live guys did. I mean, Taylor Gooch on this very show told us that, and you asked a great question. You said, have any PGA Tour players thanked you for bringing more money into their tour? And Taylor Gooch said, yeah, PGA Tour players have thanked me for, you know, making the move that I did and putting my nuts on the line. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, Sam. I think for the most part, you could tell that when you saw him at Augusta. You could tell that when you saw him at PGA. These guys are professionals. They... Everybody's got to look out for their family, and, and you know that's that's what they do. And so, I wasn't so much thinking the tour guys aren't going to get along, but uh, if 
if if I literally was a, a commentator or somebody that had been bashing them, uh, I, I loved our little buddy Brandel. I'd go, I'd go, go call waste management, see if I could get on a dump truck. Okay, because that's about all he's good for is picking up trash. I, if I was a PGA player, a live player especially, I wouldn't give that guy the time of day. In fact, I'd look real hard to find out where he was, and I'd rifle a ball right at him. Now, let's switch gears for one second. T-Dub, obviously they had the players meeting today with Jay Monahan. Uh, the players were not happy whatsoever. Jeff Ogilvie was asked if, uh, did any players call Jay Monahan a hypocrite during the meeting? And he said, it was mentioned, yeah. And he took it. <laughs> he said, yeah. Uh, and basically, this turned in, it wasn't even a meeting because Jay Monahan didn't give out any information to these players. They left the meeting, you know, pissed off that they didn't, still don't have any information. Uh, but what we do know about the meeting it, is it was basically the whole meeting was just the players calling their commissioner a hypocrite. Speaking of that, I got Jeff, Jeff Ogilvy on the TV right in front of me as we speak. It was pretty crazy some of the things that they were saying. It, like, like we said earlier, he has to call himself a hypocrite because he, he essentially is. He has been. And honestly, anyone who has been so against live and all the things that have transpired in the last year, they're coming out and if they support What's going on? I feel like that they're hypocrites too, in my opinion. But but Woody, something that's so transparent about this, this all leads back to one of the points that we've said, even going back to a year ago, with players just wanting to go play in one single Live London event, and the PGA Tour wouldn't let them. The tour has so much power, and the players don't have any. I, it was so crazy that it seemed like Tiger Woods was running the PGA Tour last year at the players' meeting in Delaware at the BMW Championship. And now all of a sudden he doesn't know what's going on. How can – are we at the point to where there's going to be no hope for these players? Like, I, I get that Tiger and Rory will probably have a say going forward, but the guys of 15 to 20 or even guys down in the 70, 75, has this greatly enhanced the chance that they'll just never have a say on anything that goes on in the PJ Tour? They never have. That was the thing. I've told you guys story after story about how anybody that's not in that top echelon doesn't matter. They feel – the fields. I was told at point blank when I played, they're still telling them that. They don't, they are not relative. They they do not matter. All those players are is a chance to make a really good living playing golf. If they think they have any say-so of what is actually going on, well, they really need to buy some land in a swamp because they're that stupid. Okay, they have nothing, absolutely nothing that they can offer to them, and they mean nothing to them other than filling a field. They watch them roll in, roll out, roll in, roll out. What did I tell you that Curtis Strange told me it's three years before he spoke to me because he said, I've seen these guys come and go so many times. That's the way the PGA Tour looks at them, T-Dub. I hate it. I mean, it, it, but it's, it's life. That's what it is. Okay, guys, that's that's how it works. I just hope that at some point, and from all the stories you told, William, the stories I've heard from other former tour players, well, they all say things that are very similar. I just want to hope that at some point along the line, we could have enabled these players to independent contracts a little bit more say in, in things that could go on in the future of their tour. They had no say, and they didn't even know about the 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 the, uh, the merger that was going on. Sam, it's just I, yeah. I was I, I'm probably just being so hopeful. And that was going on just because I know and Woody knows better than anyone how bad it's been. 
over the really since they formed in 1968. I had just I, I was probably just wishful hoping. I just hope that we had gotten to a point to where the uh, we wouldn't have guys in suits like Jay Monahan running the turn actually be as they claim to be a players run organization. Yeah, and it took a guy with guts like Phil Mickelson to say, I'll take the heat for it, but I'm going to do what's right for the players on the PGA Tour. And guess what? Today he was vindicated for it. Um, you guys were talking about the middle of the pack guys on the PGA Tour. Michael Gellerman, who is a friend of the show, has been you know one of those guys in the middle of the pack on the PGA Tour. And he tweeted out this, and it's very simple. He said, Jay, talking about all the tension in golf as if he's not the one who created it all. <laughs> I thought that was a great way to put it in the fact that the Golf Channel tried to portray it as live were the bad guys trying to come in and take over the PGA Tour. No, it was the fact that Jay Monahan in the beginning didn't agree to just give them the fall series and now look where we are. You have Yasir Al-Rumayan, Jay Monahan's boss. And so I think that that was really a great quote there from Michael Gellerman. But the other thing about the middle of the pack guys on the PGA Tour is there's 30 guys on live that are going to come in and be in that top 70. So that means 30 guys on the top 70, you know, FedEx Cup points list right now on the PGA Tour those guys are not going to be in those elevated events next year that they just thought two days ago that they were going to be in. That's another reason why the middle of the pack guys are pissed off. They're going to be out of a some some of them are going to be out of a PGA Tour card next year. It, that's a hundred percent accurate, and that's what makes the the prognostication for the twenty twenty four schedule so hard because they had wanted to go to limited field no cut events. Well, now if they're going to do that, and you add the lip players. You're going to have so many guys knocked out, as you just mentioned. I mean, if you have a field of 78 players and you had, I don't know if it would be 30, even if it, let's just say it's even 20, you're going to have the the guys from 55 to 75 knocked out. And those guys cannot be happy. And they would, if they were loyal to PJ Tour, even if they got offered a deal from Liv, then they have to be really kicking themselves. So, no, that's another thing, Woody, about all this is that the term may have to rethink how they're going to do this uh, the new elevated event structure because I feel like if they do it right now and try to incorporate the lift players the same as alluding to, it's going to be utter utter chaos. Well, they always they always had a saying, guys in golf: if you don't like it, play better. Okay, so if you're a fifty-five to seventy-five, you know what? You should have been thirty-five to forty, and you wouldn't have that problem. So that's why they always said it to me: if you don't like something, play better. Okay, so I agree that. Yeah, there's going to be some upset people, but when all the dust settles, everybody can be upset about everything they want to be upset about, but it ain't going to change anything. The merger is happening. This is what's going to go on. They're going to make the rules, and then you guys as players are going to have to play by them, and if you want to be a part of it, you better be really, 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 really good because uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised, guys, in the next few years that we see golf professionals. Now, in my lifetime, I would have never believed this, but they will embarrass NBA players, NFL players. They're going to make a lot of money, a lot of money, okay? And that was never. Everybody, nobody played golf. Are you kidding me? Why would anybody play golf? Well, they're going to play it now. You're going to, I think you're going to see a real influx, just like Tiger brought a lot of people to golf. 
this kind of money is going to bring a lot of young kids to golf. So we'll wait to see, but that's just my, that's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see a whole different element of golf in the next 20 years. I agree with you guys. And we could talk all night about this, by the way, Rory, this is breaking news. Rory is scheduled to meet with the media tomorrow morning after the Pro-Am. He tees off at 7 a.m. Eastern time, so probably I assume that he would play 18 in the Pro-Am, so probably four hours after 7 a.m. Eastern time, so probably around 10 a.m. our time, guys. We'll be hearing from Rory McIlroy um, with the media, you bring up the, the money that's going to be pumped into the game of golf, Woody, and this is where I'll end it for us tonight, is I've heard something from, you know, the general golf public and, and you know, probably 30% of the general golf public thinks that, oh, you know, you pump all this money into it, you lose the legacy, and it's all about money. Well, I hate to break it to you guys. We learned today uh, that it's always been about the money. It's going to be about the money regardless, but I would say pump the brakes on that stance because when money was pumped into the NBA, it didn't make the game any worse. When money was pumped into the NFL, it didn't make the game any worse. It's not going to make the game worse for professional golf that these guys are getting paid money. Brooks Kepka proved that at the PGA Championship by winning the PGA Championship after a lot of people said that he wouldn't care or practice after he went to live. Guaranteed money is good for the game of golf, and it's good that the players are finally getting compensated for everything that they do putting on these great events because you won't you wouldn't have the PGA Tour or Live or the new PGA Tour without the players and so I think that this was a massive day for a guy like Phil Mickelson I think that everyone should be saying that Phil Mickelson was right he was absolutely vindicated today that he got what he set out to do in the first place which is get these players guaranteed money and that is a massive accomplishment for Phil Mickelson. T-Dub, do you have any final thoughts here? I mean, we're going to be talking about this for weeks, but we should probably end it tonight. Yeah, so many unanswered, so many unknowns. But as you mentioned, Phil is the martyr that, that we all needed. We didn't know we needed him, but I feel like we did. And there's another thing we could get in the future, and I feel like it's going to happen at some point, is that the Saudis have gotten into the PJ Tour, DP World Tour. I feel like they're going to get into the LPJ and women's golf too. So I think we need to be on the lookout for that. And to me, Woody, I feel like that this is similar to today was like the day of the Boston Tea Party for the American Revolution, right? It's like at the time, you don't really know what's going to happen from that. But whenever you look back on a few years, it's going to say it's it was literally revolutionary. It's what kicked off us becoming a country. And is it going to have the same effect as that? No, it's not. But it's just in the landscape of golf, it will have a very similar impact because today is the day that professional golf, as we knew it, changed forever. Forever. And, and uh, we got to give some accolades to Greg Norman also because he's taken a bath. I mean, think about this guy. I mean, he, he, he wasn't invited back to the to Augusta. He was not invited back to his British Open that he's won. Uh, so he's taken a bath on this deal also. So I, what I really hope comes out of all this is that those guys, they get apologies if nothing else, but, but they get back their – Oh, their their traditions and their fame and that what they earned. They earned that by winning those golf tournaments and being who they were. So 
I hope that's what comes out of this too also. But Sam, I agree with you. I don't think this will ruin golf and I wasn't I was wasn't meaning the money was gonna be a bad thing. I think it's gonna be amazing that we would see golfers ever make this kind of money. That that's what still blows my mind, guys, that uh I'm watching twenty million dollar events and they're gonna probably grow from there. So uh yeah, it's going to be a fun ride. We said that from the beginning on this, didn't we? I remember we all talked about, it. boy, this is going to be a fun ride. Well, it just hit a really high point. There's no doubt about it, fellas. The last thing I will say, as much as Phil Mickelson was vindicated today, today also showed how much of a clown Brandel Chambly actually is, fellas. The thing I'll end the show with today is Brandel Chambly obviously needs to resign his paycheck with the golf channel guys we've said it all along is directly dependent on the success of the pga tour and guess what yasir al rumayan is now in charge on the pga tour so brandle if you weren't being a hypocrite about your morals you would not be on the golf channel today and guess what fellas he was on the golf channel today proving what i was saying all along that he was coming out with this stance to throw shade on Liv and the PGA Tour's competitor had nothing to do with the politics of the situation. Good for golf, bad for Brandel. Hell of a day for us, T-Dub. And the true golf media, the true golf media without the quotes around it that actually told the full story all along and didn't listen to clowns like Brandel Chambly. It's kind of interesting to see if Brandel does what he did with Phil, and just every single time you bring up Phil Mickelson, you have to mention the murderous totalitarian regime that, that he went for. And so every time we, is he talking about the PJ Tour, is he going to say the exact same thing? If he does, I will call him a little bit less of a hypocrite. If he still does, still keep his job, which we all know he's going to. But, yeah, the, the hypocrisy for Chambly completely got exposed today, especially whenever he said that he looks at athletes more responsibly for going to Saudi than he does corporations because – for corporations, it would be this is what he said. It would be difficult for them to make sure the finances were coming from from different places, whereas opposed to an athlete knows where it's coming from. It was the most ludicrous thing I'd ever heard for a way to back out of what we're doing. I, I think that he, he made an absolute client of himself, and I think that he's probably going to keep doing that going forward because if he doesn't keep continuously rip the PJ Tour like he did Phil Mickelson, then he will be a hypocrite. No doubt about it. Any final thoughts on Chambly, Woody? I should have knocked him out on that green at the Byron Nelson when I had the chance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if you haven't heard that story, definitely go back and find that. I can't remember what show that was on, Uh, but definitely Brandle probably deserved it. A little right hook from one Jim Woodward. Uh, Fellas, let's take a break here, and then after the break, we're going to get to our special guest, Tom from at Flushing It Golf on Twitter and Instagram. I guarantee you guys already follow him. He's a big, big media outlet in the game of golf and has told the truth the entire time throughout this whole PGA Tour live saga. And the man himself, Flushing It Golf, coming up right after the break here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast. Hey everyone, T-Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends, 
at McCray Roofing. Not too long ago, my roof was in desperate need of repair. There was extensive hail damage, and I had many leaks that needed attention. Not only did Jeff and his staff build me a new roof, but they walked me through step-by-step of the claims process, which is something that I was very, very concerned about. Everything from the initial inspection of the roof to analyze all the damage to meeting with the insurance adjuster to make sure they were aware of every damaged area making sure my claim was accurate. Their custom copper creations are truly beautiful and add a great touch to any roof. Not only do they do residential roofs, but they have an elite list of commercial customers, including Gallardia Country Club, Oak Tree National, and Bass Pro Shops. Check out their website at McCrayRoofing.com to view some of their work yourself and give them a call at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. And we are back here on the other side of the break on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And as I mentioned before the break, we are joined by a very special guest, one that you probably know if you're a golf fan on Twitter. That's at Flushing It Golf, Tom from at Flushing It Golf, the man behind the scenes who is very connected in the golf world, joining us uh, from the UK. It's 8 o'clock p.m. our time, which means it's like 2 in the morning your time, Tom, so I appreciate you taking the time today. This is one of those interviews, Tom, where I don't know where to begin, uh, so I'm just going to kind of lob it up to you and let you take it where you want it, but what a day. Live now merging with the PGA Tour. What were your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's just there's so much to dissect, isn't there? There really is. Just where does everything go from here? Um, Jay Monaghan seems to be trying to grab the news cycle and front run uh, the storylines, which he's very good at doing. Um, and it seems to make it sounds like the PGA Tour has all the power, but um, I don't think that for one minute. I've, I've spoken to somebody from Liv, and, and they've been told to carry on as business as usual. Uh, the 2023 season will carry on as it is. Um, and they were just saying they've invested like too much time uh, money and uh, energy into it for anything to sort of change now. So I think now that they don't have the headwinds from like the various uh, things that the blockers of the PJ Tour was putting in their way, I think they could really start to get momentum and, and push forward from here, uh, despite what some people seem to think on Twitter. So There's just so many unanswered questions at this point, Tom. I mean, we got into a little bit earlier in the show, but to me, the biggest thing that came out of this is, is that the new joint venture, essentially, between the PGA, DP, World Tour, and Live is going to be a for-profit entity. And before this, the PGA Tour will still remain a 506C tax exempt corporation. But now there's going to be a body in golf that's really over everything that's going to be for-profit. You're going to have the PIF is going to be a huge stakeholder in it. I potentially see people like maybe Tiger Woods being investors in it at some point. So just in your opinion, Tom, how do you expect that to really change the landscape of golf going forward? Yeah, well, I'm not too sure what how Tiger Woods is going to deal with it because I've said on a, to a couple of people today that XL, the sports management company, seems to have been very much against Liv. And Rory said today that he didn't hear anything about it. Um, Jay Monaghan seems to have gone behind the backs of everyone else. And there was, I don't think it was a single player from XL that went to Liv. Uh, when Thomas Peters signed for Liv, he was immediately, they got rid of him. Um, if you think they also, rec- uh, like, no laying up. Uh, who have been very anti-lib. So I'll be surprised if, they're, if they've already got a deal in place. They, they'll have to do something to sweeten all these guys going forward. But um, yeah, I really don't know where they go with it because they just cross paths, haven't they? It's, I, I don't know. I, my head's all over the place. 
my thoughts are everywhere. I was listening to this. This is Jim Woodward. Um, I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked because I knew this was going to have to take place sooner or later because PGA Tour doesn't have that Saudi money. I would love to have been in that meeting in Toronto, but what do you think? I've been telling Sam and T-Dub on our podcast for a while now, I don't think Jay Monahan's got a chance to stay in the commissioner. I would have gotten rid of him before now if it was me. Yeah. Uh What's your gut on that? Because I think he has stepped on himself so many times. Now, the the hindsight, I I will say this. He's looking out for the best interest because what it comes down to is PGA was going to go broke. The tour was going to go broke. They couldn't keep up with Saudi, so he had to do something. But still, this can't be the – would you go to war with this guy? If this was your commander-in-chief, would you want to be behind him? No chance. Uh, I mean, he's upset all the live players. He's upset all the PJ Tour players. I can't see any future for him. But whenever there's a big business decision like this, like I come from the business world and there's always a full guy. And it looks like they, they're setting Jay Monaghan to, to be that guy. Um, I don't see any future for him at all, to be honest. And, and he shouldn't keep his job. His leadership's been horrendous. Like there's, um, Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau approached him with a billion-dollar deal with Endeavour a couple of years back, and he turned that down. He was approached by the PGL and he didn't even take the phone call. Greg Norman tried to get in touch with him and he didn't take the phone call. I think this whole division that's been caused over the last year was completely unnecessary. And I just wish it never happened. And if there was a stronger leader who actually understood a bit more business practice and could have seen where this was going to go with that kind of money, then we'd be in a much better spot now than we are. But thankfully, they are finally going the right way. But I don't think it will be with Jay Monaghan. I I think he's got a matter of days to lose his job. Tom, I'm curious, you're really connected just through all the things you do on social media with Flushing in. I know you talked to Bryson DeChambeau today. You said you talked with Liv, uh, you know, the, the directors at Liv saying that business is going to go on as usual for the foreseeable future. But, you know, out of everybody you talked to today, did you really learn anything new or was everybody kind of in the same boat as no one really knew anything? This came as a shock to all PGA Tour players, all Liv players that at least I've talked to. So, uh, have you heard anything yeah. that really, you know, you didn't already know? And it seems like as far as the media goes, basically they're saying, oh, one of the saddest days in the history of professional golf. It's almost like the gig is up as far as the golf media goes that people like us, like on the 73rd hole or like you on flushing it, we've been, you know, knowing that something like this is going to come eventually. I just didn't expect it to come this fast, Tom. No, exactly. I can only assume that there's, they've got something over Jay Monaghan for this to be such a quick reversal. All, all the other guys like Ed Hurley, they must have something on them because for, for them to change their stance this dramatically without letting the players know in a player-led organisation, there's something seriously behind going on behind the scenes and I don't think it's just money. It may well have been the DOJ investigation because as a few of us have pointed out, Phil Mickelson's been very confident in talking about collusion and maybe some people were scared about some other punishments and not just about getting paid. So I think that's probably more likely what's happened here to, to have forced their hand so quickly. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just so dramatic, isn't it? I, was, I haven't learned anything. You, you asked that. I haven't, I don't think I've learned anything new at all, but maybe some of our followers, um, yeah, we probably weren't aware of all the stuff that was going on, but, um, yeah, I, I haven't learned anything new myself. And you, I imagine you've spoken to TG and stuff and he probably hasn't had much to say because they didn't know as of this morning. 
that so, that's right. And it's and, just a fascinating time. And yeah, and so like T- Taylor Gooch is still not in the U.S. Open. I wonder if they can retroactively say he's eligible again. I guess we'll find out. But uh, <laughs> yeah. as far as the other players go, like a Hideki Matsuyama or like a Will Zalatoris who turned down all of this money. Do you think that they may have like grounds for maybe even a lawsuit against the PGA Tour, considering the fact that the PGA Tour basically lied to them about the sustainability of the PGA Tour to keep them around? Potentially. I'm, I'm not a legal man. They, they could do, but if it sounds like the Saudis are going to put another few billion pounds into the PGA Tour. So if they just kind of step aside and forget about the, the money they lost, they're still going to be very rich men anyway. Right. And it's still going to be for their benefit going forward. So I think that most of them, once this all dies down, will be like, do you know what? This isn't so bad. We're going to earn double the money we would have done anyway. Everyone's finally come back together. We're going to compete against the best players in the world, all around the world, and the best golf courses in the world. And it's only a good thing for us in the game. And I think everybody will see that. And people will come together and golf will unite again going forward. One of the things that blew me away so massively with this news was that the likes of a Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, who's actually on the PGA Tour policy board, had no idea that this was coming. So it's just to me so crazy that so few people could know about something that was going to be so massive. Can you see a, a realm where maybe coming up soon, because all these players, especially up in Canada, seem like they're pretty furious at the decision, where they even yeah. mentioned like union, unionization of players. I mean, do you see something like that going on to, what, to where the players can have a little bit more power than they obviously had in this situation? Well, I, I don't know. We all thought the players had all the power after the Delaware meeting, but they changed literally the schedule and, and the, the future of the tour just by Tiger and Rory. Um, if if those group of players that were able to do that have had no say in, in what's happened now, then I don't really... What are they going to do? Get together and start their own tour up and, and just being off the PJ Tour altogether? I mean, that's highly unlikely because they need the money. So um, I think at the end of the day, money will win and they'll all just, just back down and just, you know, just agree with, with whatever the powers that be decide. Hey, Tom, how old are you? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I'm, I'm 32. 32. My two cups I work with here. See, I'm 66. I actually played the PGA Tour in the early 90s. And I want you guys to know one thing right off the top of the head right here. It's been the same way until today, where the PGA Tour was a monopoly. They were in charge. They'd flat look at you right in the eye and tell you they're in charge. And if you didn't like it, tough. Okay, so when I when I when I listen to you guys thinking this, I've watched this for so many years. In fact, when this all started, what did I tell you guys? I said, finally, somebody has gone up to the bully in the playground and kicked him right in the nuts. Finally. Okay, so (laughs) that's how we feel over here in Europe. I have seen a lot. So I asked you about Jay Monahan a minute ago. Tell me what's Greg Norman's future. Wow. Um, I mean, I think to be the guy to get this off the ground because I don't think anyone else had the stones to do it because he had this vendetta against the tour obviously and we're not a vendetta but he always had this vision of having the global tour and wanting to take players away from just playing solely in the States and it took him three decades to get there but he has done it and whether he's I don't know whether he he does stay with Liv I I hope he does because I think he deserves it for you know the crap he's got for the last 12 months but going forward, even if he doesn't stay with, with Liv, I think he deserves a ton of respect for actually being able to push this through. Because golf, professional golf has done the same thing for 100 years. And it was never going to change without someone with the stones of Greg Norman to, 
be able to stand up to the establishment and like you say, just give the give the bully a black eye. And I think he's he's done a really good job with that. And and as much as some people find him controversial, I think it was completely necessary. And there, it would never, so we wouldn't be seeing the positive change we're seeing now if it wasn't for Greg Norman. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Tom. Um, let me make you uh, Yasir Al Rumayan or you know Jay Monahan for two seconds, and you get to you know set the format for the schedule next year. And nobody has any clue what it's going to look like. But if you were in charge of making this schedule, I mean, is is it going to look kind of similar to what? Liv wanted to do in the first place and have that fall series with the teams or are the teams going to be involved in everything throughout the year? I mean, what is this going to look like? Are we going to still see the same memorial that we always see and the big tournaments are going to you know, be the same and then we'll have our other live events? Um, or is it really just not going to change whatsoever on the PGA Tour and it's just going to have that extra money boosted in there by the PIF? What, what do you think the, the schedule is going to look like? Yeah, well, it's important to remember that there's actually three partners in this, and the DP World Tour is also a partner. And by what I've been hearing from over here in Europe is that they were going to push a lot of the legacy events on the European Tour to the, to the fall or, or to our autumn. And if they do that, where does Liv then fit in? So I'm not really sure how they're going to balance all this together. Um, but what I would do is I would have say one live event every month and I'd make it purely team match play like they do in the college stuff in the States because I think it's really interesting and they should do team match play in a league that builds towards the team final at the end of the season because that team final in at Doral last year was captivating I, I really enjoyed every minute of that and I think they should maintain that format but what they're doing at the moment with the individual part and the team stroke play stuff I don't think it kind of works together that well and so if they made it specifically head-to-head match play, where you get to see people like, say, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas going head-to-head against John Rahm and Victor Hovland, um, I'd just, there's no one who wouldn't think that's a good idea. Yeah, Tom, along those same lines, one of the things that seemed really interesting about what Jay Monahan was talking about earlier was he really wants to incorporate some sort of the team aspect into the, into the PGA Tour. So do you see a situation where... Like, Rory McIlroy is going to have his team, or are we going to have a Colin Morikawa team going forward? How do you see that translating onto the PGA Tour? Yeah, well, this is the original business plan from the PGL, is that you had to have the top 48 best players, and they'd be captain like the superstars, you know, like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, etc. So I do see that, and there was obviously the rumour of, I don't know if it was just a social media rumour or an actual rumour, but the talk about Nike signing Smash for two billion quid. That's what I can see going forward is that it does follow the, the F1 model and you have like a team Nike or a team TaylorMade and team Titleist uh, doing battle against each other through the course of the season because it makes sense for them for their like marketing and sales purposes and, and they have the whole infrastructure to support it. Um, so if they have all the best players in the world as well, it makes a lot of sense sort of business-wise, doesn't it, for, for that to be the way they go. So, Tom, that was my question I was getting ready to ask. Do you think with the little report that came out not too long ago about Nike talking about throwing a billion dollars through Kepka, his connection, do you think that might have gotten this pot stirred a lot quicker than what we thought it was going to? Potentially, but I also think the big issue was probably the performances in the majors because these media contracts that the PJ Tour have are literally dictated around the best players in the world playing on that tour. And 
They've, I think the clauses are based on the OWGR. But if the OWGR is completely pointless as it is now, then the, the, the like TBS or whoever's like paying for these contracts is going to be looking to the tour and saying, well, you've just a major winner is not playing on your tour and he's playing somewhere else and we're not getting to show him on our broadcast. Um, that's not what they've signed up for. So I think that the, the money side of things would have been a huge deal. And they've obviously had a lot of pressure as well from, from corporations and, and the sponsors for the various events. And it wouldn't surprise me, as I think I said earlier, if the DOJ investigation or the discovery for the legal investigations was not going the way they liked it to go and they got cold feet and decided to quickly do a U-turn because it is a dramatic U-turn. So there's a bit more than just money involved in my opinion. I completely agree with you there, Tom. I think that, you know, the PGA Tours books were about to be exposed and they kind of folded like a lawn chair, right? Um, but, yeah, exactly. you know, Tom, you know, let's switch gears for two seconds. You know, we thank you again for your time in the middle of the night coming on the podcast. I do, you know, want to just ask you as a guy that kind of does what we do covering golf and, and, you know, has the great social media platform flushing it golf again on Twitter. If you want to go follow them and Instagram as well, you know, how did you get started doing all of this? And, and when did you really take off and, and, you know, find your platform with all these people? I think, you know, over or you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like 50,000 people on Twitter and Instagram, you know, following you and, and hearing all of the news that you bring to these yeah. people every day. How did you start doing this? So it's crazy, really. I, I set up this, I had a big football account before I did the golf account. And um, I used to just post memes, really. And I really enjoyed doing it, but it got shut down for a copyright infringement. So I thought, oh, I'll just start doing golf. I'm obsessed with golf. I like golf. So I started doing that. And I was literally just one of these like meme accounts on Instagram and started doing that. Um, but then I decided that I, you know, I was getting a bit older. I didn't want to post memes anymore. I wanted to talk about golf and talk about storylines in golf. So I started finding cool things to talk about. But then I only had about 1,500 followers before Live started. But I think the stance I took, because I was completely unbiased, I have no financial interest in the accounts at the moment at all. And so I could just give my honest opinions. And I think people just respect that. and. And like the fact that um, there was like a neutral voice that was that was just telling you more exactly what was going on, and it's maybe I did get a bit too pro live. I don't know if I'm supposed to be balanced, but I don't really see a problem with being pro live because I like it. Like I talk a lot about the LET and the LPGA, and people don't call me pro LET or an LET shill. Um, so yeah, I just don't really. I've never understood that, but it's. I think just the fact that I've been sticking up for these players and and just. Given you know, giving them a voice in a way has um has given me a lot of connections, and they obviously respect me for for doing that. And I think a lot of my followers respect me as well for doing that. And and I hope that people understand that I was never doing it to piss people off or to be a live shield or whatever. I was just doing it because I believe that's the truth and what's the best interest of the game of golf going forward. So much like yourselves, who have been very balanced throughout this whole thing, and I and I've no doubt of uh, taking the same stick that I have on social media. <laughs> No doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think we all did that's the right thing. Th- exactly. I think we all did the right thing too. And I, that's one thing that I really respect about you and flushing it is that you guys call it how it is, right? You, it was tough to find. It was few and far between there over the past year and a half, uh, Tom, of finding people that were actually, you know, portraying what was actually going on and I think that you have done a heck of a job of that over the past year or so well Tom we'll let you get back to bed over there but definitely uh, don't de- definitely don't stay a stranger we'll, we'll definitely have you on when it comes to uh, different stories in the game of golf and especially this one as it develops 
No, that's great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Maybe one day I'll come visit and we can play some golf. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. You have an open invitation <laughs> really to come are. to Oak Tree and play golf anytime <laughs> you want, Tom. That's right. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Fellas, that will end the show for us today. Speaking of fair golf media, definitely go give our friend Tom at Flushing It Golf on Twitter and Instagram. Flushing It, I guarantee you, you guys already follow him anyways, but definitely go interact with everything Flushing It does. A great, great media outlet in the game of golf right now. And uh, also support us at the 73rd hole. We've been telling the truth all along in the game of golf, and we will continue to tell you guys the true story in the game of golf right here on the 73rd hole podcast. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, definitely go do so. It's absolutely free and it just helps us out and it will give you a notification whenever we drop a new episode. And then also, we're right there on the front page of golfoklahoma.org and on the podcast page at thesportsanimal.com. Fellas, uh, are we going to do a Canadian Open uh, preview tomorrow? I'm not sure. We'll have to talk about it uh, here after the show. Things change in the golf world, and our schedules definitely change. But we'll continue to give you guys the best content week in and week out right here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast. <laughs>